I've been put on this planet to protect wildlife and wilderness areas, which in essence is going to help humanity. I want to have the purest oceans. I want to be able to drink water straight out of that creek. I want to stop the ozone layer. I want to save the world. From Alda, this is the Protect Your Wild podcast. Each Tuesday, we go balls deep into sustainable stories, wild ideas, and legendary people. I'm Colin Campbell, here with my co-host, Avinash Pika. And today, we're going into the legendary crocodile hunter, also known as Steve Irwin. Um, So, if you haven't heard of him, uh, you've been probably living under a rock, or you're like a hyper, you know, Gen Z kind of kid. You're an idiot if you haven't heard of him. Yeah, he's still a legend. Just kick things off. Um, he, he's kind of like this. Uh, he's like the pioneer for wildlife. Um, you know, not documentaries, but I would say like uh, shows and being enthusiast and kind of bring it to like the TV realm. Um, and uh, just kicking it off, what was your favorite moment uh, that you've seen from the Crocodile Hunter, Colin? Well, as you know. I never remember specific moments of any TV or movie in the past ever. So what I do remember, though, that always connected with me is he has this, like, infectious enthusiasm. You know, that's mm-hmm. the one thing that always stuck with me. It'd be like, regardless of the animal of the episode, I was always just, if he was on, I was just captivated. Because the way he would just talk about what he loved, like, it, it just carried through so well that uh you know it couldn't look away it was exciting it was it was uh passionate it was you know is epic i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah uh i i definitely see that he always had like his good catchphrases like crikey and mate i feel like that's the australian part of him yeah uh, i think he's just australian yeah. <laughs> and then americans are like oh that must be his catchphrase <laughs> Yeah, well, I also think Crikey, like, I have Australian cousins, right? And a lot of family is in Australia. Um, I'm actually going there in January. Um, but um, they they don't say Crikey. Um, but they do say mate a lot. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, I think Steve ruined I, I Crikey for the whole country. I, I don't think he ruined it. I think he coined the term. Well, you, uh, you just look like you're copying Steve Irwin now if you say it these days, right? That's just good branding. You can't can't knock him for that. Oh, it's not uh, his fault. It's not his fault. It it's not his. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, he did it though. <laughs> well, I so mean, uh, the uh, it was like America that found it so unique. All right, we don't need to get into the details. Yeah, of yeah. I, okay, either way, either it's way. Too soon. I, I think I think I think for me, my favorite moment, um, just being a Florida Gator, uh, is I can't remember if it was an ad or something. But uh, Albert, yeah, yeah, it was an ESPN ad, right? Uh, Albert, the alligator, which is our school mascot, uh, came out of the elevator and Steve Irwin sees him and completely tackles him. Um, And I thought that was like so funny because like it's like that's a gator, that's Steve Irwin, uh, two worlds colliding. Um, So that's that's always a very, very, you know, nice sight to see. Um, 
And I thought it was funny because, like, he's known for, like, jumping on crocodiles and on camera. And, like, nobody's ever seen that before, like, you know, um, on TV. Like, some, like Attenborough would be, like, you know, narrating, oh, the crocodile sits by the river and then right. waits for the to come and eat it, right? He was, like, an observer, like, a more passive observer, kind of. Exactly. But Steve Irwin's like, let's jump on this bitch. Which, yeah, <laughs> like, check out also check out our Attenborough episode if you want to learn more about him. We we did that as well. He was kind of like the only forerunner to Steve Irwin, basically. I I, I agree. Um, so, so Steve Irwin comes in there and he's just like, boom, hop on this animal. And he had the, his TV show, Crocodile Hunter. That was that, like just amazing. Uh, I, m- I remember watching that as a kid. Uh, and, like, my parents being like, what, what are you watching? And I'm like, I want to watch Crocodile Hunter, right? And, like, Wait, come on. say it? What? How? I want to watch Crocodile Hunter. <laughs> I just wanted you to and say like, that again. <laughs> yeah, because, like, be a little kid, so. Um, <laughs> and, and, like, I remember watching it as a kid and, like, just loving it. Um, and it was, such, it was such a good show because it was educational, but also, like, it it he had this personality that you could see like he cared deeply about it. Oh yeah. Right. So you were emotionally invested in it. And as a kid, like you got excited from it because like, you you notice a lot of like, um, you know, TV show personalities for the kids, especially are very animated, very like enthusiastic about things. And, uh, I think he had that, you know, charisma to pull it off. Oh, for Um, sure. It was really good. Um, and then, showed up on late night shows and it, it was he it, it was a good personality uh yeah so like yeah we're gonna we're basically gonna get into it like you know everybody knows of steve Irwin, but especially i think the younger generations don't really know like what this dude yeah. is all about and why he was so famous so influential so like loved by the world um uh-huh. so yeah basically we're, we're gonna get into it and why he's so fucking awesome <laughs> and why yep. we miss him every day r.i.p yep so so colin um the first question uh gen z or you know young kid would ask is an idiot he called the crocodile hunter her her yeah so he was actually working with crocodiles from the age of nine and reportedly under the supervision of his dad wrestled his first crocodile at the age of nine so that's not just working with like feeding one that's like hands i'm putting hands on this bitch (laughs) and uh yeah so from there and as as a young adult he worked um capturing and and uh relocating crocs that were in um populated areas and stuff that had been spotted so he, he volunteered doing that for the National Parks and Wildlife uh, Service. And, you know, that was also how they would uh, capture the crocs that now live, you know, in the Australian zoo, or their his family's zoo at the time. Uh, well, it's still in the family, I suppose, but... Interesting. So, so like, you know how in Florida you'd have, like, retention ponds and stuff like that, and you'd find, like, a gator right. in there? Yeah. All right, so... Yeah, young Steve Irwin was kind of like the guy you'd call and he'd drag it out of the water and be like hopping on it, put it in his truck, and then send it back to his personal zoo. 
Yeah, well, in some cases, yeah, I would go back to their zoo, but in others, I, I think they would just relocate him to somewhere more remote. Um, and he was rocking a much, much more intense mullet at that time, too, which is pretty sweet. So the wow. mullet is, I think, part of the key to his effectiveness with reptiles. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, like, which kind of parent is, like, cool with their kid being around and something that can eat them. Um, like you'd have to have a lot of confidence in your kid oh, and yeah. handling that kid uh, and, and handling that animal that um, you'd be like, yeah, sure. Young kid jump on that alligator. Little Steven. I'm, I'm a grown ass person. I still wouldn't jump on a, on an alligator on a, I think I'd consider um, or I consider I, I would if, if I was trained properly, if if someone's like, yo, this is how you do it. Uh, <laughs> it looks like you can just jump on it and shut his mouth, right? It seems pretty straightforward. It's it, it's, um, yeah, until you get bit, and it's like, all right. Oh yeah, then kind of your arm? over at that point. Yeah, so it just takes one mistake, right, Colin? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, this guy though, what what made him so good at what he does is that he did it since he was a kid, you know. It was yeah, ingrained, yeah. is in his blood, man. Yeah, he, he's yeah immersed in that like lifestyle, that kind of mindset, and also like he's it's like growing up with pets, right? He's right. he's no he knows the animals, and um, I forgot what was his name. So you remember my my com- not uh, I want to say complaint, but my complaint about reptiles was you can't really tell if they're angry or sad or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I have a hard time, like, catching the emotions of reptiles. Um, and after we had that uh, guest on our, you know, podcast. Chance, yeah. Uh, chance, Chance, yeah, I don't know, I remember. Uh, he, he explained, like, you know, it's their, you know, behaviors and the reactions that you have to kind of look at to, you know, see their emotions. I think Steve was really good at that, like, right. kind of reading through um, you know, the temperature of the alligator being, or crocodile and just being like, all right, this, this guy's pissed, this guy's not. Right. And like learning how to assess that situation and, and, you know, maneuver it and deal with it, um, on camera. And you can see him like assess it and jump and react, uh, accordingly. Yeah. I think it's the exact same thing with snakes. Um, just because like, you can see the way he, he like looks first, then, then acts, but then also like, He's caught, his eyes are always on the like you know animal kind of like reading it right because it's like it's it's like a fight or flight like like I guess reptiles since their their brains are so much more primitive it's like yeah. well they're either gonna try to run or they're gonna try to posture and attack right and when they're posturing yeah. up that's where he's you know you see him like scurrying around side to side like dodging snake strikes and like jumping back from crocodiles like oh that's when the insane shit happens. Uh-huh. Yeah, 100%. dodging cobra spit. <laughs> yeah, so so like I mean, Steve Irwin must have been in pretty good shape and had good reflexes for him to like deal with you know um, the animals that he was dealing with. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I found out in my research he actually trained doing MMA. He was a big MMA fan, <laughs> which is like was kind of funny. Like knowing that he's like wrestling crocodiles, that he also uh, partook in and. Yeah, doing some some mixed martial arts with some humans. I wonder wow, which one is that's, harder. That's, 
I would I would I would honestly say the one that's more deadlier is humans, but the one that that's harder is probably uh, the animals. Because um, I, I I don't know if you've ever like tried to wrestle any animal before, but not, not a big one. They're, they're strong. Um, yeah. Like for example, for example, I, I, the the thing that like blew my mind was the strength in an elephant. Like. They, they, they look so large, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, okay, cool. They're super gentle and chill. But when you see them move objects that, like, literally a human couldn't. Like, um, so the last time I was in Africa, I was, like, 16, uh, and I got to, like, ride on top of one. Um, but we were at this, like, elephant park, and I just saw it, like, lift a log. And I was like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> it, it lifted it like it was nothing, Right. But for me, I physically, me and maybe like four other guys still wouldn't be able to pick that up. Yeah. Right. That's that's when it like dawned on me. Like some animals are like ridiculously stronger than humans. Oh, yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm imagining like an alligator has had all these years of evolution to just make its body like the most agile, most, you know, powerful predator. I bet it could it squat more out. than a chimpanzee, though. Maybe its legs are shorter. Yeah, they're more upper body. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, either way, but like just just having that kind of power is just so interesting. Um, I'm sure you have you ever like uh, you know caught a dog before? A pug, not like a big dog. Well, that's not true. Uh, I had friends with bigger dogs that I'd play with, and yeah, they're just playing tug yeah. of war with one. You see how fucking strong they are. They exactly. Rip their head around. Yeah, when I was staying in Atlanta, when my roommates had a dog, and that dog got loose, and I, I had to chase it down the street. And when I jumped on it and grabbed him, like, it put up a good fight. I was like, holy shit, bro. Like, you're making me tired. And then carrying his dumb ass home was just so much work. I was like, uh, dying. But either way, um, it's just like, you, you, you underestimate the you know power yeah, in some animals. Yeah. But either, either way, uh, back to the crocodile back himself. To Steve. <laughs> um, tell me more about his like career and how how did how do you become this crocodile hunter? Yeah. So uh, obviously it starts uh, with his job, you know, at the zoo. Um, mm-hmm. The the what was once his like family zoo and animal sanctuary, then kind of evolved over time into the Australian zoo. And Steve, all along, is working with these animals, right? And he's doing the crocodile shows, and he's he he actually did some home videos of his own of these uh, um, missions, I guess, of relocating these crocs, right? So he got yeah. a little bit of a, a reputation going from that and from the zoo, and um, you know, his whole goal with with that is he wanted it filmed so that it felt like the person was like right up there with him, right? Like right up in the animal's face, right in the middle of the action. And, uh, so, you know, soon after, uh, not really soon after, but as a young adult, then they, they started this show, the crocodile hunter in 1996 that ran all the way until 2006 with a 78 episode like run, which is pretty nuts. Um, (laughs) <laughs> like that I think alone shows how like it didn't get old you know what I mean 
when it's a shtick or something like that, when somebody's faking it, I feel like people then see through it and it just gets old and you move on. But right. yeah, again, something about this guy is, is just so captivating that, you know, he had kind of the world by the balls while this show was coming out and people loved him. Um, including his, you know, wife that he of course met, uh, and, the first episode, the pilot episode of The Crocodile Hunter was actually um, filmed a lot of it with in their honeymoon. So he's, like, taking her out, like, catching animals and, like, slinging snakes around and shit for their honeymoon, which is pretty great. Like, he lived and breathed that lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and I think Terry, who, who's his wife... Uh, supported him and loved doing that too oh she was right there with him um like a good chemistry together you know yeah yeah it takes that, a that's lot of when trust you, you, you define that as like a, a power couple i would say oh absolutely the power the power mullet couple they both were kind of rocking similar mullets at a time yeah <laughs> um i would think on a mullet i think i think they pull it off oh yeah they're the best looking mullet couple out there um yeah. it's kind of the that's australian true. thing i guess right yeah, and, and, and yeah. So, obviously, um, there's a tragic end to this story. Yeah, well, yeah, so after, so during the Crocodile Hunter, first of all, there was, he, had, he did lots of other projects. Um, he had his movie, The Croc Hunter Collision Course, uh, in 2002. I remember seeing that. He had lots of cameos in different movies. Um, and little known, this was new to me. He actually played a voice in Happy Feet. Um, oh. so if you fuck with Happy Feet, you're definitely going to fuck with it. Even, yeah, even I actually, heavier. the last time I watched it was February. Um, oh really? Great. Yeah, I actually recall it. Um, which character did he play? Ah, uh, shit. He played like the, it was like a seal or a sea lion. Hold on. Quick Google oh, search. Um, because um, he played. Bradley Cooper in that movie. Bradley Cooper, I don't know. Oh, he played a. Um, what is that? Trev, an elephant seal, I think. Oh, oh, okay, Trev. nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I I know I know uh, one of my roommates here reminds me of one of the characters from Happy Feet. You know the one with the the necklace, but it's not a necklace; it's a plastic. Oh right, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, around his neck. Um, yeah. He's just like a spitting image of that, and he's like, Wah. "Dude, they were uh, on top of that ocean plastic fad before it became big." I mean, yeah, I, it's no, part it's, of what influenced it, I think, right? Yeah, it definitely, you know, brought awareness to that. Yeah. But I feel like that was two thousand six. Yeah. Two thousand six. But what blows my mind is like all this climate change and you know do good for the environment stuff was happening or you know we knew about it way before it became popular now um, and and I still feel like it's not super popular now it's it's trending but um, yeah I definitely think it needs to like blow up a bit more yeah I mean that ocean plastic especially it's like I mean you know the kids i i would attribute part of it being the kids when happy feet came out like happy feet was a big ass movie yeah and the the kids that were watching that are basically our age now yeah they're they're basically this age yeah which is yeah. which is a fair assessment and um 
yeah, I, th- I think that definitely helped influence it. Right. And growing up, we watched show- shows like Crocodile Hunter and David Attenborough. Yeah, we're uh, lucky. So we 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 know what we're missing out on and what's gonna what what's at stake for generally, climate. Generally now, fucking or there's like a multi-year stretch where Animal Planet just became like rescued abusive dogs shows. Like that was it. It was like rescuing yeah. dogs in Texas, rescuing dogs in New Mexico. It was like, all right, dude. Where's Steve Irwin? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have a feeling that might have done being being like contracts and stuff at play there. Maybe, but um, yeah, it, it, he he is definitely impactful. And I do remember watching it on Animal Planet. I do remember even like telling my parents uh, when they were choosing, like, oh, should we go, with, you know, Direct TV or this? <laughs> right? I was like, as long as it has Animal oh, Planet. Yeah. It was like, and, bitch, give me Animal Planet, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, and I'm set. Disney, yeah, get out of here. Like, <laughs> leave me alone at home for hours, and yeah. I'll be. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, as you as you mentioned, uh, as as most people know, Steve Irwin passed uh, from a stingray yeah. strike. Um, so mm-hmm. it was it was his last project in in two thousand seven. Um, They're filming uh, another f- uh, you know documentary style special called Ocean's Deadliest. Um, yeah, and so I watched the interview with his his partner, right hand man, that was with him on a lot of these adventures, and his account of the day. Basically, their original plans got kind of knocked out by weather. So, you know, mm-hmm. Steve being all high energy and like, oh, we got to do something. Uh, you know, they they just do something. So they go and found these stingrays, and they're in like uh, kind of like chest chest deep water not even scuba diving or anything and um you know it was like apparently the last shot they were gonna get of this stingray swimming away um yeah with you know steve in the back the stingray in between the cameraman and steve right so yeah. they're filming the goal normally they just you know swim away when you approach them so steve moves moves in on the stingray and all of a sudden it just starts you know quickly doing a bunch of stabs in a row with a, its tail that they have a, a large barb on their tail and, and this sucker was about eight feet wide the stingray so um and the guy said he, he got the shot of it swimming away and he didn't even realize steve had been hit until you know after the shot he looks up and he's he's you know in a pool of his own blood and uh um yeah and and that was it it was uh punctured his heart it was it was fatal and you know he said with all the dangerous stuff that they did they he kind of knew like as invincible as steve Irwin seems he's a larger than life figure right he's done all this stuff he's he's risked his life so many times with so many different types of animals and he was like i, I knew it would have been it was it, if something were to happen it would be something that you'd never expect um Stingrays are normally docile. They normally just run away, and so yeah, um, you know the world lost a a living legend in conservation. Somebody who inspired millions and millions of people around the world with just his bleeding passion for for animals. It was it's so simple and and so beautiful, and um, yeah, changed I think a lot of people's perspectives on the on the natural world. Yeah, and it definitely was a tragedy. Um, 
and I, I can definitely understand. I don't know. Have you ever had experiences with stingrays? No, not not personally, except like you know, stroking one, a little one in the zoo or whatever, aquarium. Yeah, at Sea World or yeah, somewhere like that. So I had that experience. I've also been stung. Um, I can tell you, it happens so fast. Like <laughs> yeah, you, you'll see the stingray, you'll know what's gonna happen, and then it just happens. And, and you're like, what? Ow. You know, they, <laughs> Yeah, you, you. The first thing you feel is the puncture, and it's a, it's so fast. Like, mm-hmm. y- have you ever tried like moving your hand really quickly through water? Right. Oh, through really water. Do, yeah. Yeah, through water. It's so hard to like move your right. hand really quickly through water. Right. Yeah. Um, it's thicker. It, it, there's just substance. Um, you just can't move out the way fast enough. There, there's literally no way. Um, right. And I, I just remember even when I just got off the surfboard. And like my, I saw this thing right, and my foot was near it, and just boom, I could just feel the pain. I was like, mm, I, I got stung. Like you just know. Did your um, did the one that hit you have a toxin or I, I assume there's did. different types, but yeah, they said they yeah, have a, a it, pretty bad poison. The venom, or yeah, the venom I would say is more painful than the sting. Um, yeah. What was that it like? Is, ooh. Painful. It, it's just like it's like proper pain like i don't know how to explain it other than that it's, it's proper that's your explanation like you know like you know, like you get a like so let's say British. you took a so and you stuck it and you stuck it in your like foot you yeah. feel that pain. but imagine that but like it just the, your pain like um receptors just tingling. it's just like you burning know? weirdly like it's so like i'd say a jellyfish is like a burn um a stingray is like venom almost but it's like a pain venom like you can feel it, hmm. like so it was going up my calf, and I was like, "Ah, oh, shit." Um, so I mean, obviously, the way to cure uh, or get rid of stingray venom is um, by applying heat to it. So I put it in hot water, hmm. and that helped. But yeah. yeah, that's that is a very tragic way to go. And and uh, most people don't die from stingray uh, stings, right? Yeah, I mean, this Generally one's particularly leg, large and. Literally yeah. punctured his chest and his heart. It was yeah, it it hit him like in a soft spot basically. Yeah. Um, so and, and like being out in the ocean, there's nothing you can do like to get to land or get to you know whatever rescue. It it's not you know easy easily available right. at all. Right. And uh so. and unfortunately too his his wife Terry was uh abroad um doing some sort of adventure somewhere you know and uh you know wasn't she didn't get the news until hours later but she she wasn't wasn't there uh and they had so many adventures together so you know that's i'm sure must have been pretty hard on her um but but their relationship i think was a big part of what pulled america and and the world in is just seeing how like you know their their whole dynamic on screen like how how like childish almost their love was in a weird way you know yeah they like properly loved each other which was rare to see like it, yeah. in, in day and age where you see like you know, celebrities get together get divorced blah blah go all this you know yeah not an ounce of bullshit yeah they had like a proper thing and like it was just ugh, good very good wholesome um good wholesome yeah. memes and, and, and they also had two kids uh bindi and robert um and like 
that that's you know amazing so yeah, so they're both very on, young at the time too of yeah his death, which which sucks but uh yeah and like continuing on from that um after his death his, his legacy kind of still lived on and i think it's through them like they're you know his wife his kids uh, um they kept it going right so like the australia zoo for example um just kept on growing yeah. and since his death um, it's become the biggest in Australia and it now has a thousand two hundred animals and oh. um, it's just super you know it, it they, they conserve a lot they uh, support you know wildlife education and conservation and they've become like a beacon basically uh, for what it, what he stood for um, I know he like I think in 2006 he created like a business plan for the zoo to like expand and get bigger nice. and um, they kind of like followed that afterward because like shortly afterward he did pass um so that that is pretty awesome and i i know even bindi and robert uh had their own like smaller tv shows like uh bindi the jungle girl and so oh, right. i remember that <laughs> yeah i think so it was like, a little it, older when that came out so it was a little maybe it was like a little kiddish because she was she's I think a little younger than us, right? Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, so like, they they kind of had this like thing, you know, like kind of had their legacy carry on uh, um, through you know the family, and um, they they did have a show documenting you know the Australia Zoo and how it grew. It's called Crikey. It's the Irwins, um, and that's another you know thing with. Crikey. And <laughs> is that still going on now? I don't believe it's still it's still airing, but I mean he I fucked I, up. I, Somebody I, dropped the ball there. <laughs> yeah, but like um his name is still like still, you know, relevant and still yeah, It's like synonymous with that passion. Yeah, he, he's an icon for, you know, conservation. Uh, liking nature, animals, and like he had this like burning passion. You could definitely see it, uh, and and even even his kids, right? So Bindi um, was on Dancing with the Stars, and she still like uh, advocates for everything he supported. And I remember um, reading like somewhere that w- when Bindi was kind of young, um, some some reporter asked her, uh, "What what do you want for your birthday?" And she said, I, I, I don't want this mining company to take um, <laughs> some my uh, my dad's, you know, wildlife reserve land. Wise man for years. Yeah. And, 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 they, and I think the government stepped in and was like, hey, um, you're not allowed you to mine on this fuck land. Fuck right off with that. Yeah, exactly. And so, so the impact he has and the respect people have for him is so great. Um, and now even with Robert Irwin, um, I don't know if you've seen lately, like on like, uh, what's it called? Not Jimmy, Someone, um, um, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. Yeah. yeah. With Kevin They're, Hart. Like, he was, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. He, he came about and shot off his animals. He's almost a spitting image of his dad. Oh, and, yeah. and, and he has like the same charisma, same mannerisms. And it's so weird to see like he's, he's filling those shoes again. You know, he's back uh, and and like he lives on through his son, which I find super, um, you know, touching and also like um, just, 
you know, nostalgic in a way. Yeah. It, it was just really, um, you know, touching to see that. Um, so it is. he definitely lives on through that. And I know um, another, this is another like small tidbit on his legacy, but Steve Irwin did discover a new turtle called the Elsea Irwini, uh, named after him. <laughs> also called the Irwin Snapping Turtle, uh, which I find really interesting um, because I mean that's that's pretty pretty badass to have an animal named after you, yeah. or like a whole species. Um, so like his his um, legacy and like um, impact was so great. A lot of people kind of looked up to him and kind of wanted it to continue that, right? Yeah. Uh, I know when he was kind of in his, like, heyday and, like, in his, um, what's it called, like, groove and making the Crocodile Hunter and everything, um, some other guys popped up. Uh, I remember watching Jeff Corwin a little bit. Right, um, right. He's, like, the and, less cool version of Steve Irwin. Yeah, and he, he was, <laughs> like, the Jeff Corwin experience. I, 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 I did not like him. Oh, I still it, liked it, it yeah. Yeah, I, I just thought, like, if if I had a choice, like I definitely pick Irwin. Right. So he's just more animated, more exciting to watch, more yeah. passionate, and he was the first the first one to do it. You know, like the way if, he did it. if both were on at the same time, you're definitely watching the Crocodile Hunter. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, um, there was there was no doubt about it. He's just more entertaining, more passionate, and I think more Australian. Uh, yeah, <laughs> didn't hurt. Just better better to watch, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember afterward. Uh, th- this guy was actually one of my uh, favorite of mine. Uh, his name is Austin Stevens. He was like the snake snake master. Um, oh, I didn't hear that guy. Yeah, so Austin huh. Stevens, um, his his whole brand and everything was kind of like the crocodile hunter, where he was trying to do like um, snakes instead of crocodiles. So he called himself the snake master. Um, <laughs> he's from South Africa. Um, he was on Animal Planet and stuff like that. I just don't think his brand took off as as much as uh, Steve's did because yeah. he was basically a copycat. He's literally a knockup. Yeah, next is going to be like the Penguin Wrangler. <laughs> just like insert an animal with a verb after. Yeah, yeah it, it's like, you know when you go to like Walmart or something and you see the, the Frosted Flakes and then you see yeah. the great value, like what's it called? Yeah. Uh, Crusty Flakes. <laughs> Corn, you know, like whatever. Yeah, corn crisps yes. or some bullshit. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. And you're like, I know this is frosted flakes, but it's not really though. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of like the 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 great value version of the uh, crocodile hunter. So, but he he's a snake one. Um, so he was pretty enjoyable to watch. Um, uh, my my favorite recently, and I think the one who's definitely, I don't know, following in his footsteps pretty well is Coyote Peterson. Uh, I know I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, I would say he's my favorite YouTuber because... I like um, Logan Paul, so... Oh, God. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> either way. Um, but besides not getting in drama, um, <laughs> Coyote Peterson, I think, is the closest thing na- nowadays to um, the Crocodile Hunter and succeeding his legacy. And uh, I did go, you know, meet him and go to his events and stuff. And he does talk about Erwin and how he inspired him uh, greatly. Um, and he also talks about Attenborough um, yeah. in his book. Uh, so, like, yeah, um, 
Attenborough inspired him, but then, like, Erwin kind of, like, showed him, like, oh, like, this is, this is, like, something he can achieve. This is something he can aspire to. And I think that's what definitely influenced him and his channel on YouTube. Um, and he, his co- content is similar to Steve Irwin's. If yeah. you look at like, how he handles the animals, how he talks about them, um, the passion he has for them, it's genuine. Um, I can also attest to it. Um, he's not just there for the, like the likes or the subscribers. He genuinely cares about the animals. He's not like uh, like a clout chaser. I think that came afterward. Um, and he definitely planned for it and, and like geared his stuff for it. Um, like branding wise and oh, everything. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time he wasn't like chasing for it. It kind of came to him and then he, uh, was ready when it did. So you uh, met, so. you met him in person, right? Did you think he like, I, I guess I haven't watched enough of his content, but did his, uh, like how he is in his videos, like translate to how he is in person, or does he? Did he like pipe it up a bit, or like you know punch it up for the videos, or do you know what I'm saying? Like, was he more animated um, how, in how videos is, versus in person? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, how he is on his videos is how he is in person. Uh, I would say it's li- like very slightly toned down because obviously if you talk like that in real life, you seem like a weirdo, right? Um, yeah. he, I, I think, but, but he, like, even, even, even when you're talking to him, he, he knows like, you know, what a real, real conversation is, but you can see he's, he's definitely like passionate about what he's speaking about. He's not like right. blowing smoke up. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and he, he talks about zero and a lot, um, as his inspiration, um, and something he aspires to, um, he, he, he looks at that and he's like, yeah, that, like that's. That, that's what inspired him. I mean, yeah. look, look at where he is now. I mean, he's, he's still a YouTuber, right? I think now he's just now being brought on by Animal Planet. Oh, but cool. he's following that path. I mean, but YouTube's I, I bigger than about... TV shit now, you know? So, nothing, yeah, yeah. Nothing I, I, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I, I think he, he definitely um, follows in that. But um, he, I don't... Like Steve Irwin will always be the OG. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he, he was the guy who started it. Right. And uh, to kind of, I guess, before we move on to to Warner Wanker, I just want to play this uh, audio clip from him from a, a sixty minute interview. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. let me let me play this and we. Can... I've been put on this planet to protect wildlife and wilderness areas, which in essence is going to help humanity. I want to have the purest oceans. I want to be able to drink water straight out of that creek. I want to stop the ozone layer. I want to save the world. And you know, money, money's great. I can't get enough money. And you know, so, so yeah, I know you can't hear, but basically, he's like, he he says, I want to save the world, and then he he goes on to say, money, I can't get enough money, and that's where I'm like, wait, where's he going with this? And then, uh, uh, here actually, I'm gonna share screen this time yeah um yeah so then he he talks about why money is great which is kind of funny so here we go now what i'm gonna do with it i'm gonna buy wilderness areas with it every single cent i get goes straight into conservation and guess what charles i don't give a rip whose money it is mate i'll use it and i'll spend it on buying land yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. like 
every single like yeah so stuff himself his his you know money his, his energy his time his passion into um protecting our planet protecting yeah. our wild he, he he embodies that so much and um like what a what a freaking guy like oh my goodness yeah so good um that the world lost you know one of its great heroes um one of a kind one one in seven billion yeah i i I definitely i definitely believe like this is something you know it's it's a little political but um when you when you have a world where you see a lot of great villains appearing um i believe for every great villain there's a great hero you know superheroes need supervillains um so it's about balance in that regard and i think he was one of those great heroes of you know that time um it's a it's a tragedy that that we lost him never never had a single like you know out of character thing or bad thing no scandals no like oh steve rowan fucked my wife or something you know what i mean yeah through and through yeah just he uh, was he was yeah so. Yeah, agreed, agreed, and 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 like everyone loved him for that. He was a genuine guy. Yeah, uh, and I, I definitely think also that that yeah that that's part of the appeal is, um, you know, he, he was so passionate, but also like he was honest about it. He you could see in his eyes and in the way he acted, the way he his his uh, you know demeanor, he what what he spent his money on and everything. He was genuinely that person. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't faking it. He wasn't playing a character. It was uh, Steve Irwin. Right. And I, I remember one of my favorite quotes from Steve Irwin, actually. I, I'm just now remembering it. Um, it would go something along the lines of, uh, you know, what what's more dangerous, like, you know, snakes or humans or whatever like that. And he's like, or do you prefer, uh, what's it called, reptiles or snakes? to humans and he goes i prefer um snakes because um at least they're honest when they try to uh like kill, kill you, you. <laughs> like that. Yeah. it's like humans yeah, will pretend to be about. your friend first right right and and it's like I oh my that. goodness like that's so that's true genius, and, man. Um, and and like that that's that's 100 percent accurate with uh animals as well like if they, they want to harm you they they make it very clear right yeah. humans are the only a species a bear is a bear man yeah. <laughs> exactly. there's no ulterior motives going on behind that you don't know about they are what they are um yeah. and he are so is what pure. he is that's what's cool about yeah. that too yeah and he and he had that same mindset same like uh kind of uh heart about himself which which i i loved yeah Ugh. i'm having such a nostalgia trip right oh, now no. yeah so i mean if you guys like the research and stuff i was just like <laughs> man what a guy! What a guy! Right, we're gonna we're gonna drop links to a bunch of really cool videos and stuff. Um, like we got the pilot episode of the Crocodile Hunter, and um, yeah, we're gonna. If you guys want to go on a uh, Steve Irwin nostalgia bender, um, we'll we'll give you some some good links to check out in the notes. So be sure to check that out. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, and, and uh, when is Steve Irwin Day? Yeah, so if if you really want to uh, turn up. And uh, you know, throw some shrimp on the Barbie. I don't know Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> November fifteenth is uh, the an- or is not the anniversary of his death. Sorry, it's it's uh, National International Steve Irwin Day. So, 
that's also a good day to to you know go hug some dolphins or something yeah and just be good to the planet and like you know remember him and what he stood for and um yeah he's such a such a legend like oh yeah um but I, i just love people like that um so yeah that's awesome yeah um so moving on to a you know modern day legend or super villain we got our warden or wanker for this week um so now you only get one a month but basically warden somebody does something good for the environment protector like steve Irwin, and a wanker is you know a shit bird nobody likes a wanker so uh what do we got for this week yeah so um this week we have this irish teen who for a science project um figured out how to filter out microplastics from the ocean. Um, So his his name is, I don't know if I'm uh, pronouncing it right. Colin, help me out here. His name is Fionn. I'm not going to be able to help you out. He's Irish. uh, So um, he was in the Google Science Fair. And basically what he figured out was by combining some chemicals, um, that would stick to microplastics, which are plastics that are smaller than six millimeters or something like, like that. So it's super hard to like, you know, filter and get them right. out of water, right? Um, especially like ocean water or whatever, you know, water that we have coming from our washing machines and uh, right. other you know, sources. Um, he figured out that these chemicals could stick to the microplastics but not only that, turn it into ferrofluid, right? So, so what's that? Well, so ferrofluid is a magnetic fluid. So what would happen mm. is um, you could put a magnet in that water, a body of water, and the microplastics that are bound to um, the, the, the chemicals will get attracted to the magnet. Damn. So uh, Google awarded him with a lot of money, um, for his idea, and it, it pulls out, it successfully pulls out 88% of the microplastics. So it's not 100%, but at the same time, that's such a good rate of, you know, filtration uh, compared to, you know, other methods. And it's super simple, super clean to use. Uh, and, and you're like, oh, this is a science fair kid. Um, it's probably not like a, a legit test. This guy had a sample size of 1,000. He tested it and replicated it a thousand times. Yeah. And these numbers. Dude, so it's, it's definitely proven. Definitely, like, I would say valid. If, if you're able to prove something a thousand times and 80%, 88% of the time it's successful, I think that's that's pretty pretty good results. I, I'd bet on those odds. Yeah. Um, so great guy. Um, figured this out. And he definitely deserves that money. Uh, and they're trying to now implement that in water filtration. Right. So yeah, the question is, will it scale, right? Yeah, that, that's obviously, you know, a, a bigger issue. But, like, I think it's it's great that the younger generation people, you know, even younger than us are t- tackling these problems and yeah, succeeding. Like, there are solutions to these problems maybe that we can't think of with our approach. But he's taking a more, you know, scientific approach and right. um, succeeding in it. And I think that's really important. Now it's just about scaling it. Um, yeah. So I think that's Young that's minds great. are innovative, man. Thinking outside of the box. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Word so, in. yeah. Cool. Awesome. 
Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, Ireland. Fuck yeah, Celtic genes. We share some genes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, ho- hope you liked our episode. Um, please remember to like, like subscribe, um, share it with friends. Um, if you want to talk to us or like, you know, interact with us, hit us up on Instagram or even um, our lifestyle. Email. Yeah. And, and our email is protectyourwildpodcast at gmail.com. Um, send us an email. We'll chat with you there. Um, send us suggestions of you know, topics you want to hear about, uh, things you want us to talk about, people you want to see on the you know, podcast. And um, yeah, I hope you liked our episode on Steve Irwin. He definitely impacted us uh, in our childhood and still uh, inspires us you know, today. Um, I kind of want to leave you guys with a cool quote um, that kind of like sums up protect your wild and also um, Steve Irwin. Uh, and this is a quote by him. Spit it's it called, uh, yeah, if we save our wild places, we ultimately save ourselves. So protect your wild and we'll save ourselves. There you um, go. Yeah. Um, also, a quick reminder, uh, sign up for our email thing. Because when we're talking to these companies, if you want to get the discount codes, we just got one from United by Blue as well. That's going to be valid through uh, October 19th, I think, or 31st maybe. But uh, yeah, we've, we've been able to get like exclusive discount codes from all these brands, and that's pretty sweet. And we just want to pass it on to y'all. So check that out. Awesome. So yeah, thank you all for listening. See you next week. Protect Peace. your wild. Bye. Man, Steve Irwin is an absolute legend. Um, But thanks again, you guys, for listening. And be sure, if you like what you hear, to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it. Leave us a review. And uh, check out our blog and whatnot at aldolifestyle.com. We got some good stuff going on there. Um, But we got more interviews coming at you next week. So I hope you'll tune in for those. And, uh, yeah, see you then.